Well, welcome back. Uh, I'm pleased to everybody that tunes in to listen to me pontificate about uh, the stock market. Well, a couple of podcasts ago, I started an email list of people that were interested in getting push information, articles I might read, etc. Uh, I sent those folks an email about how I think this podcast should proceed. Uh, I've taken an honest effort to not be the stock picker guy, really, because, you know, what do I know? My effort has been to help folks pick their own stocks based on their education and knowledge. I provided the metrics I use to evaluate a stock, especially as it pertains to a new investor that's interested in getting started and picking stocks and just trying to understand a bit about the stock market. I mean, what everybody has to do is develop your own investing strategy. I've said it over and over again. Take ownership of it. And that's a pretty consistent message that I've been saying. So what's next? Well, for now, I'm zeroing in on talking more about specific stocks. I know I've been nebulous in this podcast over time concerning specific stocks, and that was very purposeful because I don't want to pick stocks for anyone but myself. I don't even want to give counsel on picking stocks. I mean, my goal, as always stated, is I want to help teach you how to pick your own stocks. I just want to show folks that are average like me can navigate this and be successful. So before I get started, as I throw out some names of stocks, please, please, please understand this. If I mention a stock in a podcast, it doesn't mean that I recommend it uh, or even have considered it for purchase. It doesn't mean I own the stock now or mean that I may purchase the stock in the future. Uh, simply just using it for discussions, discussion's sake. I'm not the guy that recommends stocks to friends. However, I can't say family because I do it for my son and daughter, but there are hours and hours of financial TV shows that will have people telling you to buy this, stay away from that. Here's the stock tip of the day. That feels like, to me, getting a hot tip on a horse at the track. What do I do, though, is I listen. When do I listen? All the time. And I run those stocks that come across my radar through my metrics to see if I want to purchase it or not. Remember, there are thousands of stocks to purchase, and you simply can't own them all. Or you really wouldn't even want to. But the issue is, how do I pick a stock for my portfolio? Well, if you're a consistent listener, you already know that because you know what I do is what season one's all about. It was all about getting started in this complex world of the market using a simple set of metrics. Kind of like putting training wheels on a bicycle and it gets you started, right? And then dad's holding the back of the bicycle for a while and then, and then he lets go and you're telling him not to. But then, boom, all of a sudden you turn around, he's not there and you're off biking on your own. That's really what I'm trying to accomplish here. Doing what others may do and what others may not want to do. In the market, you then develop your own buy, buying strategy, your own sell strategy, your saving strategy. And I say that there's not a perfect strategy for investing. But at the end of the day, it will be yours. Uh, it may be, and as, and as an example, a 50% uh, entry into dividend aristocrats, 25% uh, into growth stocks. Uh, and then 25% into vacation fund or whatever you're, you're thinking about. Uh, that's kind of what I like to employ as my bucket of money strategy. But I come up with my own percentages and I find stocks that fit into that strategy and those buckets. You build your strategy, you own it, you're accountable for it, and there will be wins and there will be losses. But as I always say, it's a journey and not a destination. Okay, full stop. I find it really fun to talk stocks, uh, you know, and... Probably friends and neighbors say, I wish he'd quit talking about stocks. He's so boring. 
I really have no stocks that I buy and hold forever. Uh, like my neighbor who, you know, buys and holds forever. Just different strategies. It's his. As you know, I use a buy and study strategy. What that means to me, though, is I'm always on the hunt for a new or even an old stock that I previously owned to add it back into my portfolio. I may add the new stock as a new position. I may sell or shave a position off of a profitable stock. I may sell a stock that I have a loss on, which you've heard me call it dead money, and buy the new stock. You know, I was talking to an investor yesterday and we talked about Buffett selling all his airline stocks. And, you know, Buffett was just basically saying that's dead money. And he felt that he could make more money with what he had left, even though he took a loss someplace else. But make no mistake about it, I'm always in the hunt for a profitable stock. This is very important, however, for each of you to understand. Very important. My strategy is built for a 63-year-old senior citizen, me, and his young and beautiful senior citizen wife, who will probably live to her 90s. And she comes from long living genes, and she has lived a very low-risk lifestyle. Now, I, on the other hand, have treated my body like an amusement park. So if it was just me I had to worry about, you know, I feel I'm in pretty good shape financially. But my bride of almost 42 years is depending on me even when I'm gone, and I will be honorable to her now and, and then when I'm gone. Gosh, that, that was almost so sweet. I think I got a cavity. But anyway, net my because of that, my investment strategy has to be fairly conservative. I can take some small risk on the shiny new stock, and I have you know I have done that. But I still hold them to some part of my strategy. As an example, I just really struggle with buying a stock from a company that doesn't make money. They have no PE ratio. They have no earnings, no EPS because again, there's no earnings. I can overlook a little higher beta or a little higher PE, you know, or if a stock is at 52-week high, it may just keep breaking through it. I just have a hard time personally investing in companies that don't make money. Now, with that said, you all know now how many stocks I've missed out on with that strategy. Stocks that have skyrocketed in price, and my guess is mostly NASDAQ stocks, but one that comes to mind is Amazon in the early days. But for my portfolio at my age, I simply couldn't take the risk. But it might be just fine for you. And I think that's what's so important. So let me give you a specific. I've mentioned my golfing buddy across the street who I talk stock with, stocks with all the time. And he really gives me some great stocks to look at from his study. So many months ago, he gave me a stock to consider, Shopify. Never heard of it before, but Shopify. Well, at the time last fall when he gave me the suggestion, I was pretty happy with my portfolio and gave Shopify just a little short glance. And honestly, I don't remember what the price was then, but if it was last summer slash last fall, it was about 350 a share. I can't remember the specific metrics, but I do remember this. It didn't have any profits, so there's no PE, no EPS, no dividend. Company that's only been around since 2011, so not a long-term track record. I mean, really a poster child for the type of stock I'm just not interested in. So my buddy, of course, he's giving me updates, you know, week by week almost. But now, God, John, it's up to 400. Now it's 500. I mean, he'd say to me, John, you have to buy this stock. And I just kept on saying, no, no, no. It just didn't fit what I like to invest in. But today it's at 740 bucks. It's over doubled since last fall. Would this have been a good stock for me to buy? Yeah, duh. <laughs> well, with the rearview mirror, the answer is no doubt. Did I miss an opportunity because of my metrics? Absolutely, I did. No doubt about it. Would I buy it knowing now what I knew then? I probably wouldn't. I'd probably make the same decisions. I got to 
stay true to my strategy and myself as well. Will I buy it today? Not if I follow my same investment strategy. Now, why do I tell you this story? Because I've got to invest with how I'm comfortable investing, and you do too, with your own strategies. A lot of people are getting rich off of Shopify right now. Just, I'm just not one of them. It's not going to be me. Now, the same buddy gave me a pharma stock uh, yesterday to look at. No PE, no earnings, no EPS, no dividend, no beta, and a one-year estimate, uh, half of what it is today. And I say, no way. He gave me that, sent me a text first thing the next morning, said, what did the stock do today? It went up 20%. Now, the market advanced 900, so what was the deal? Well, this was a pharma company that had a good line of work, on, done a good line of work on the virus vaccination. So the stock ramps up on that little tidbit of news. And a couple of days later, they realized they were too quick out of the gates on the vaccine, and the stock plummeted. That's why I don't do that kind of stuff, too. What happens when it fails? Maybe you're getting my point, but in my opinion, it starts to feel in that arena a little bit like gambling. Well, I'm looking for strong companies with long-standing profits and dividends. That's just what I do. Now, I just talked about that stock that had zero beta, and in a previous podcast, I talked about beta when the listener asked me, um, why would a stock not have a beta? Well, I let me clear this up. Uh, uh, I thought every stock had to have a beta, but I looked it up and looked into it a little bit, and there are some reasons stocks don't. Uh, they may require a minimum trading period uh, for the a calculation. Uh, you know, if it's only around for a year and a half, that doesn't satisfy a long enough trading history. Uh, the issue is statistical significance. Uh, if they are calculating beta versus the S&P 500 on a monthly basis, there's just not yet enough data points for a meaningful calculation. I read that a stock can have a negative beta. Now, I'm not going to get into that as complicated, but, you know, if you're interested, you can check that out. So moving on. I spoke last week about how I felt that even with the softness of the market due to the pandemic, that there were still some very good buys out there. My opinion, there's always an opportunity to buy stocks in whatever the market is. I felt, though, that some sectors and companies would be hit harder than others. And then I ran across uh, this article from NBC News, and and. I thought, this hits it for me, and I wanted to articulate it to you. And so I'm going to read part of that article. And it really states that, you know, the economic impacts of COVID-19 is becoming more apparent with each new set of job and sales figures, but the pain is not spread evenly. Some industries that have taken much harder hits than others, leaving many people insulated from the worst impacts, you know, at least for now. The past week's unemployment figures, you know, offered a glimpse at the differences. The overall numbers were stark and troubling. There was a decline of 20 million, over 20 million jobs for the month of April. Beneath that top number, however, there are discrepancies. A huge amount of those losses, 38% of them, came in just one set of industries, leisure and hospitality, which saw 7.7 .7 million jobs go away last month. A distant second on the list was education and health services at 2.5 million jobs lost. Professional and business services saw 2.2 million jobs go Retail, 2.1 million positions, and manufacturing, 1.3. Those are scary numbers for one-month drops, and I'm reading from the article still, you know, paraphrasing some of it. But for some workers, you know, that also has some good news. Yeah, the, you know, COVID-driven economic hits are bad, but it seems as though some of those workers are in markedly better position than others. As the old adage goes, it's a recession when your neighbor loses his job. It's a depression when you lose yours. Uh, even within the world of leisure and hospitality, the job losses are not spread evenly. So, you know, there's a, an analysis from this labor market analytics firm that shows that most of the losses came from food services. 
That sector, which includes everything from full-service restaurants to bars and caterers, lost 5.5 million jobs in April. Amusement parks, gambling, and recreation lost another million jobs in a month. Hotel and accommodations lost about 840,000. This is a lot of data. I'm sorry to do a data dump, but uh, bottom line for me as I read this article is that hotels, restaurants, and gambling, if you look at these categories, you'll see how a city like Las Vegas or South Lake Tahoe are facing possibly an economic catastrophic situation in the pandemic. But in reality, the U.S. economy is not so neatly siloed. Industries serve one another and lean on one another, and a sector such as leisure, leisure and hospitality has a long reach. Uh, there are job losses in other industries caused just by job losses in leisure and hospitality. So here's an example. They showed more than 400,000 jobs were lost in real estate. That's sales, rentals, and leasing, manufacturing, 184,000 jobs, et cetera, et cetera. The numbers serve as a reminder how interdependent the sectors of American economy are. There are a few, if any, completely siloed elements. And, when, and, and you can even think about that in the world economy. And then when you add the secondary impacts from leisure and hospitality, uh, those has remarkably lo big losses. In the end, that tally grows to about 10.1 jobs lost in the economy overall because of the losses in leisure and hospitality and increase about 30%. Now, the larger point is that all the pain that's been caused by the pandemic isn't going to suddenly stop. The job losses won't just reach an end point. The longer the closures go on, the larger they will reverberate and losses in one area will spread to others. And it's not just leisure and hospitality where these domino effects exist. Um, all those problems are going to get worse as the shutdown continues and the impacts ripple out. <clears throat> That's what I've been saying for some time now. It's going to take months for this to play out, maybe even years. You know, people who have or feel safe in their jobs right now may not feel so safe in a month or two. Now, none of this is meant to minimize the life and death effect. And I'm reading from the article again here. I, I think it's just so well stated. Uh, but none of this is meant to minimize the life and death health impacts of COVID-19. And they're writing this article, 90,000 Americans have died so far in the pandemic. And that's with social distancing and shelter-in-place guidelines. Loosening those elements, some say that will make the uh, death toll rise more quickly. But the economic impacts of the lockdown are massive and will continue even after the economy is restarted. People are unlikely to immediately go back to life as it was. In fact, when you look closely at the economic impacts of the pandemic, the spread, the movement from one sector to another, they hold the hallmarks of COVID-19 itself. They look like a virus that is reshaping our world and possibly even our politics. End of article. Again, a paraphrase through a lot of that. I just It was the best article I've seen in trying to articulate to people that there are still places to invest here and there's places not to invest. So full stop, as I move forward in the podcast, I honestly seek input for future podcasts. Should I continue to keep it fairly simple? Should I venture into more complicated subjects? As I said earlier, I am going to start talking about specific stocks, frankly, because it's fun too. I really enjoy talking specific stocks. So stay tuned and we will see where this leads me and I'll look forward to your input. I would say this and leave this with you. Happy Memorial Day weekend for those celebrating and thanks to all the men and women who serve their countries and that those that made the ultimate sacrifice. I hope this finds you healthy and safe. Until next time, God bless.